Can you name a city that hosted a game at the 2002 World Cup? Should we say Tokyo? Out straight away. Whoa! What? Oh, what are the greatest answers of all time. OTB AM. Live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. The GAA Roadshow Series on OTB Sports. With thanks to Guinness Zero Zero. 100% Guinness, 0% alcohol. More social occasions off the GAA pitch are yours for the taking. Two of your legends from Limerick. Uh, we've got a two-time All-Star winning goalkeeper, two-time Munster winner, two-time league winner in Joe Quaid. Ooh. Come on out, Joe. And we've also got Fiona Hickey, who is part of the 2014 All-Ireland Intermediate winning team with Limerick, which is managed by Joe, current uh, Limerick peer, own legend of Limerick Camogie. Two of your own legends coming out on stage now. It's lovely to have you here. The hype is building this week. I mean, the flags are out on the bridges. Joe, are you excited? Yeah, look, I suppose seeing as Gael came down with the maroon top on him, I'm glad he did because the blood doesn't show up too much in it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's a, I suppose coming from my perspective, it's a strange thing to say we're getting used to it. When I was holding, we were getting used to getting the finals but losing them. But the lads, they're just a phenomenal bunch. Um, you know, I think to be honest, it's in their hands at the moment to lose it. Um, but as Paul Murphy showed us in '19, um, even when you're going as hot favourites, uh, things can go badly wrong, and uh, we can come out the wrong side of it. But in in John and Paul, we trust, and uh, I think we should be okay. You did mention that you're getting used to them winning at the moment, but you did also mention that you were used to losing a long time ago. But What's it like now? Do you feel, did you feel jealous the first All-Ireland win in 2018? What was it like in the stands for it? No, um, believe me, it was nearly as bad in the stands as it was in the field in 94. I'll never forget the last, uh, the last free that Joe Canning hit. I actually turned my back and faced the back of the Hogan stand. I was right on the 14 and I said, I'll pick a Galway jersey and I'll pick a Limerick jersey. And I heard the free being hit and no one fucking moved and i said what in the christ is after happening and i turned around it was just dropping the edge of the square and my hat sank i said because all, all it would have taken was a deflection it wouldn't even have to be a connection and uh just to see tom condon coming over with it it was just unbelievable no the bollocks he hit when the galway led the belt of his shoulder and we weren't sure whether the whistle had gone and we thought the whistle was gone for a free in um but oh, I suppose I was wondering would I ever be jealous because it wasn't us, but I wasn't. Jesus Christ, the relief. It was, ah, I I cannot describe the feeling of it. And we came back down then the Monday and we were in Amber nightclub down the road. Uh, The hollers were there. I I saw you there. Yeah. I I didn't see you. I I wasn't able to see a whole pilot. But... uh, the next minute, uh, Mark McCabe was playing there. Well, the song was playing, I yeah. thought. Are you sure Mark was there? Yeah, and next minute, the lad said, that's Mark McCabe up there playing Maniac. I said, no fucking way. <laughs> and next minute, they went in, all the hollers above with their tops off. So 
I think that emptied the place then, as you could see from the pictures he showed earlier on, there wasn't much point in armour and Limerick lad going in, trying to, <laughs> trying to pick up a woman that night with, with all of them with their tops on. So it emptied fairly quick. Sustained nature of this success as well, Joe, is remarkable. I know where was the psychological thing of getting over it in 2018 and actually winning that's led on to this success, but you know, potentially they're breaking records all the time now, and potentially this could be a third All-Ireland final, first time since the mid-1930s that's happened. You'd go back to the 40s for the Munster titles they've just ran off, winning leagues as well. It's just been an unbelievable run over the last five years, really. It has, but I suppose this has been coming. There's a lot of work on in the background of this. Um, like Keane Lynch's group now, you would have had Sean Finn, Alan Galan, Keane, Tom Morrissey. Um, them lads, I them from 14s to 16s. And you could see it then. Like Keane Lynch, I, I, I just never forget it. No matter whether it was a training session or a match, from 14s to 16s, he was just unbelievable. At, at every session, you turn around and go, holy fuck, how did he do that? <laughs> it was just unbelievable. I saw him, do you know the way lads know they tap it off their ankle and mm. when there's a free given, they pop it up to a fella's hand. Lynch was doing this in matches with a fella running off his shoulder, like instead of bending down, pick it up, clap it off him, put it into his hand, your man wouldn't even break stride. He was just, I remember the first trial he came to, um, I had an awful job to get him there because he was playing soccer with St. Kevin's at the time in Dublin. And I'd heard about him, I'd met Kieran, his uncle, and I'd said, what's this lad like? I've heard great stories about him. And he said, look, I'll let you make up your own mind. <laughs> so we had trials arranged from Martinstown uh, on the Sunday at three o'clock. The failure was on at the time, on the mornings. So I went in to see Patrick's well playing Mona Lean inside the Fela. Lynch was just unbelievable. I, so after the match, I went up and I met his mother, Valerie, and I said, Valerie, is Keane coming later on? She said, no. And I said, what? She said, no, he's not going. I said, go up there and tell him to come down to me. So I got him down and I said to him, uh, I said, you're not coming this evening? And he said, no. I said, why? He said, look, I don't want to give up the soccer. I said, who told you to give up you to give up the soccer? Oh, I thought I'd have to. I said, you don't have to give it up at all. I said, just do me one favour. I said, come this evening. I said, and we'll, we'll find out after that. We'll, we'll drop a plan. Six minutes into the trial, I called him off. He was just unreal. <laughs> uh, six minutes. And I goes, to tapped him on the back. I said, go in and enjoy your soccer and give us a shout when you're finished. And we... We operated a system whereas if he was training hard with the soccer, he didn't train with us, but he missed very few sessions. But he was just, apart from being an unbelievable hurler, the likes of him, Sean Finn, Tom Morrissey, Aaron, all the lads we had, they were just good people. And you knew at that age there was something, there was something special brewing. Um, and to be fair to John Kiley and Paul Kinnark and the lads, they've got the best out of them. Do you know, People say about a team reaching their, or they have potential. The only reason a team has potential is because they've won fuck all. Because if they've won something, they won't be classed with having potential. But I suppose when, when the lads got them, they were a team with potential and the lads have got their potential out of them now and it's, Jesus, you're just, it's just brilliant to sit down and watch it. It's, it's poetry in motion. And to be fair, the Munster final, um, I don't know whether there's any clear lads here, um, but to be fair, they caught us, they beat us, they outscored us, 
they couldn't beat us. Mm. You know, and at any stage in that match, I don't think anybody could have turned around and said one, not one of the Limerick lads panicked. So I'd say the work that Caroline Corrid is doing in the background with them is phenomenal. I could badly do with her at home. Um, <laughs> I'd three to four kids up there now and I'd say if, if I could get, uh, get her up to work with a few of them, um, it, it might be no harm. But uh, just the calmness she brings to, to that like, is just phenomenal. Because like, I, I, I actually had a conversation with a man today the time Seamus Flanagan got the tap in the back, mm. and then he got the second one. We were just saying if it was Mike Holhan and my there. <laughs> he wouldn't have even got the first tap because by the time your man had the holiday drawn back, he'd have probably been looking for his teeth around the 21. <laughs> you know, and to have, to have that much self-discipline, um, for a team, by the way, that are highly indisciplined. Um, well, according to Don Logan, yeah. Well, to be fair, no. Um, and and I, I said it before the Munster final, I was doing a, a preview thing out in Dell, and uh, Niall Gilligan was out there and he was saying about Limerick bringing, playing the edge and playing over the edge, and I said, look, we'll be all right once the, the Clare lads with the vertigo get it sorted out, you know, because they have an awful problem falling over at times. But uh, look, I suppose it was the closest since 19 that anybody's got to beating us. Um, did they frighten us? Absolutely, but just the manner in which the lads saw the game in extra time was just a joy to watch. Joe, you mentioned Keane Lynch and his skills, but um, this lady beside you, Fiona, she even had a skill named after the hickey flick. Oh, <laughs> I don't think you could call it a skill, yeah. really. Do you want uh, to share the story? <laughs> yeah, you know, before the brick flick came in, the hickey flick was in. So all on about this brick flick, but Fiona, when she was coming out, she had it, she just catch it, let it off. She didn't believe in running further than she had to. So <laughs> was, if, but she didn't have to because she was always out in front. <laughs> so it was a case of if she had her job done, okay, who's next? There you go. <laughs> Off you go. But to be fair to Fiona, she was an unbelievable leader for us. Um, we'd, Fiona will tell you straight out like that. The, that bunch of girls, they weren't yes people. And we had yes people on the line. Just because I said something didn't mean it, it was gospel and no better woman than Fiona to take you on. I don't think there's too many groups of girls playing camogie out there now that are yes girls. No, that, <laughs> uh, that's definite. Um, but the bunch I got, I inherited f with them was just... Like, I, I did a stupid thing the first year I took them over. Number one, I'd never been at a camogie match. <laughs> I'd never seen any of the girls all. And at the first meeting, we went to... I told them I'd get him to Croke Park. I did. I should have told them we'd win in Croke Park. We didn't. And 13, I swear to God, we went down, remember we went down to Hill 16 oh, yeah. after the match. And I said, I'm sick to the fucking shit of this place and losing. <laughs> I said, I said, the next, I promise you one thing. I said, if, if we stick together, we'll be back here next year and we'll win. And we did and just, I think the same year the minors were after losing the All-Ireland final the week before and just to see someone from Limerick in my lifetime go up the steps of the Hogan stand and lift a cup, it was, it was just phenomenal. And well, what was he like as a, as a coach? I'd slip away and hold it. <laughs> Come on. He, was, um, yeah, he wasn't as strict as Brian Cody was at us anyway, but um, 
Now, I remember one of the first things he said to us, which is one of the worst things you could have said, it wasn't, we'll get to Croke Park, it was girls. You know, you can get free hurlies. <laughs> we had never once been given a free hurley. We hadn't been given, we'd been given nothing ever. And Joe was like, Jesus, do you not get free hurlies? Do you not get mileage? Do you not get this? Do you not get that? We're like, no. He said, go away there in town. Go into, it was Willie Banks' shop, wasn't it? Yeah. In uh, Castro Shopping Centre at the time. You can have all the free hurlies you want. We said, by I'd the way, I hadn't just cleared with fucking <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and Willie's a friend of mine, and he's a, he won't mind me saying it as <laughs> not a friend of mine, John Dine, he knows Willie very well now. Willie be known for being a bit frugal. Oh. You know, he wouldn't be a, a, the greatest spender at times for certain things, so if he got caught for the money, we didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say one of the girls, uh, not naming names, Dip no brain. Yeah. I'd say I got five, five hurlies <laughs> one, one day she went in and she got five hurlies said, fuck this, she's like, we're going to get caught for this somehow, so I'm going to get it when I can. Yeah. Well, you didn't mind, he was getting paid. <laughs> but in a way, it was like, it was great to introduce some, some level of professionalism, I suppose. Like someone in that hadn't been to Camogie Match, did that worry you at all? <laughs> no, absolutely not. It was probably the best thing that happened to us because, you know, I suppose all he was used to was, you know, people being given food after training, having showers, having dressing rooms. Um, you had the under 14 lads for us, wasn't it? Yeah. As Keen Lynch and them. Like they were treated 10 times better than we were. You know what I mean? Because he used to be training after us mm. and we'd be coming out and we kind of introduced it with the underage lads. Food. We never got we'd have food. rolls or we'd have hot food yeah. for them. We always made sure. Just even a small thing when the kids were coming and the parents were coming. We used to pick up a carton of milk, a box of tea bags, a packet of biscuits, put them into the kitchen so that when the parents were around, waiting for the kids, they could go in and make a cup of tea. And then the bond that developed was all the parents were meeting inside. And then we come out, there'd be seven or eight of the girls training, they'd have no gear, there was no food. Sometimes there was probably very few people there to even train you. And I said, Jesus, that's some shit, yeah. And I was asked by Sean Condon <laughs> at the time, I was the coaching officer with the county board, the Holland board. And he rang me and he said, we're in dire straits here, will you come and sit in at a meeting? And I went, I think Michelle Casey, Jamesy, Sean Condon, Tor Court, and there was a few more people that went, went upstairs in the Coquillon, which is now closed, sadly, Christy Murphy's place, and it was like an old IRA meeting. It was, <laughs> you know, everything in quite, you know. It, right, let's stick the head in the bar, no, lads, you have to go around the back. This meeting shouldn't be taking place, like. So up we went and I sat back and I went, Michelle Casey, who, had, who was retired two or three years at that stage, came in to give her speak in it. And uh, I sat back. They were all talking about what's going on. Sean turned around to me and he says, what do you think? I said, I wouldn't talk for you fuckers anyway. I said, oh, in the name of God, do you expect that to happen? I said, no one will hold. I said, for the way you're treating them. So I was... They asked me would I take it on and I said no. I said I'll give you a hand. I met with past players and I met with the current players, met with the clubs and tried to put a structure in place for them. Still no notion of going, getting involved. Still had no notion of even going to a Camogie match to be honest. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was in line for the minor job but that's another show on its own. Um, <laughs> And I didn't get the minor job. And fair play to Sean Cannon, I'd say about three days after, he didn't even leave the door settled. He said, you're, you're at not now, you might as well take the job. <laughs> so we took the job and mentioned Michelle Casey and my kind of strange man management style at the time. Um, 
I met Michelle inside in Nancy Blake's one night. And I said, have you any notion? She, no, she was retired two or three years at that stage. And I said to her, I said, are you coming back? She says, I can come back, she says. I'm gone, I'm finished, look at me. I says, and I left her that night. We, we actually pulled down here to Clem Smith to see if he open. And strangely enough, Scale was probably inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, wouldn't leave us in, the place was closed. And I said to her, getting out of the taxi, I said, get yourself fit by January, I said, and I'll make you captain. Who was captain? Totti, Michelle Casey. And I, I'll never forget to this day, the 14 All-Ireland, I knew that was it, she was playing full back for us. She walked over, there was tears running down her eyes. I just caught her helmet <laughs> and I turned it and I did that around Croke Park. I said, what a fucking place to go out. Because I knew she was going to pack it in at that stage. And just little things like that, that's what means more to me than, than anything is that people can get an opportunity, like Fiona did, like not too many people have walked up the steps to the Hogan stand from Limerick. Um, okay, the last few years, Declan Hannes, but he's been the only one. You had, <laughs> an, you know, you had an opportunity to do it. Previous to that, it was a long time, and mm -hmm. just to be able to be, I suppose all we are is facilitators. My time is done, I can't win any more medals, but to see teams, progressing like that and to see a, a Limerick Camogie team go up the steps of Cork Park was a hugely proud moment. Well, like naturally Joe it's very different when you're a player compared to being a coach but like in recent years I mean imagine 14 had to mean an awful lot particularly where you go to Crow Park twice as a player 94-96 and lose out and have to walk by. I can't hard remember them. Yeah sure it sure didn't happen as an often <laughs> man I can't remember at all but when it came to 14 like that had to be particularly meaningful after you know, those two disappointments. And then, like, you got to be a winning manager with both Kildare, with Christy Ring, and Westmead with the Christy Ring, within Crow Park as well. Um, had to be particularly special, given, you know, the disappointments you would have had at that venue as a player. Yeah, Crow Park is an absolutely fantastic venue, but there's shit when you lose. Yeah. It's simple as that. It's unbelievable when you win, but the place just swallows you up when you lose. Um, not everybody gets the chance to go up there and win as a player or a manager. Um, I've, I've always said it, that I'll never have regrets in my career. For the simple reason is, what happened, happened. Um, you know, it's part of history, it's part of what makes you who you are. Um, I was talking to Valerie and James there, or Paul before there, I said, my Laker Gail, I said, would never have been made if I didn't lose two All-Irelands in one ball. Or a test, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, if I had a pair of balls and two Atlanta medals, there'd never been one made about me. <laughs> you know, so you, you take the small victories. <laughs> to be honest, I wasn't sure exactly how to bring the Tesla story up, but thank you for playing that in uh, so beautifully. I watched your Laker Gale, and I watched the interview you did with Joe on Off the Ball earlier today, just in preparation of chatting to you tonight. And the thing that like, really struck me was how remarkably matter-of-fact you were about what sounds like the most excruciating pain possible, where you get hit in that leash game, in the testicle, you continue to play, uh, your main concern, as you said, was to let a bit of air in to get some relief, while like, most people would have been carted off the pitch. You then decide, ah, 
I better go to hospital because the physio has seen me and also I'm not able to zip up my jeans, which you know, for most people that would be a sign I probably should be going right now. That would be the bonus. Yeah, you, you, you decide to get food in between before going to the hospital. You have to wait, what, eight hours before you can actually get surgery. And you're like, ah, look, if you look, it's all part of the game. I don't know what to add to that. But I was sitting there, I, don't, I think we've got an image of Joe Malloy's actual reaction while you were telling the story. I had to take a picture of the TV earlier today because I was like, I, I don't know where Joe wanted to go with the story after that either. But, um, yeah, but sure, look, the following morning, um, I was below and I reading the Star Newsport. You see, the thing about it was no one knew I got hit mm. because I played on. And uh, no, that was down, a lot of that was my home fault. No, I'd be straight up. Um, I had a small bit of a, a habit of throwing myself down and running around and a bit of play acting like. No more than Skehill there, and he pretended to be concussed at Croc Park and stuff. But uh, I think that, that's because they were beaten, but that's irrelevant. Um, but Tom Ryan wouldn't take me off. Because I went in, and the doctor told him, take him off. Oh, fuck him, he says, he's only play acting. <laughs> you know. And uh, it, was, it was very funny. As I said, I, I went to the hospital anyway. Well, I stopped at McDonald's on the way. I was, fucking, I was hungry. And uh, in we went anyway, and there was a girl, I think she's a clear woman actually, was at the reception, and I told her what happened. Oh, Jesus, she says, go straight into the room. So I walked in, and when the doctors came in, he looked, and he said, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Make you feel better, good bedside manner. <laughs> so uh, and another lad came in, uh, a foreign doctor came in. I won't take off his accent now or anything, but he said, uh, he causes it sore. <laughs> and, and your man, the Irish doctor goes there, what the fuck do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and, but, no, at this stage I had got a shot of morphine. So uh, the, he goes to me, he said, we'll give you something for the, the pain and the swelling. I said, just give me something for the pain, you can leave the swelling. I said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he came down the following morning and I was reading the newspaper. And I went, uh, actually, previous to that, I was, I was hitting for uh, a fag. As you do intercounty holders, I give up smoking when I stopped holding. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was wheeled down to the end of the, the, the hospitals before they had a family room down the end where you could all meet the family, you could have a fag below. Mm -hmm. So I was below. Having a fag on the next minute, all this always me and having to fucking fit inside in the jail. This is only about five hours after the operation. And uh, so I was wheeled back up to sit in the bed, don't move, you're going nowhere. And, uh, so the doctor came up and, uh, and he said, Mr. Quaid, he said, yeah, how are you? Good. Reading away the paper and, uh, and he says, uh, just to explain what happened. I said, I know what happened. He says, how? I said, one of the nurses last night asked her when I woke up what the story was. I said, and she couldn't, uh, she said, I can't tell you, I can't tell you. She said, I'm so sorry, I can't tell you. So I said, I knew the game was up at that stage. And uh, he goes, uh, okay, we, it exploded on impact, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I said, yeah, fair enough. And he goes, do you want counselling? For what? I said, will I get it back for me? <laughs> and he said, uh, well, no, I'm grand, so I said, that's all right. <laughs> Joe, you were only 25. I know you're laughing and joking about it, but the serious side of it come into, did you think about, it's gone, I've lost it, children. Did anything like that come into your head? You're only 25. No, and to this day, I'm regretting didn't blow the tube off me. <laughs> Look, 
look what I produced. There's two of them there and one down the back there somewhere. But, uh, no, would you believe? I, I'll be straight up. The only thing, thing I thought of, because I knew it was the end of the league, I said, I'm going to miss the fucking championship. And that, I'll be straight up. That's the only thing I thought of, was how I'll get back for the championship. And I probably came back training a bit too soon. Let's just say the area was quite tender for a while. <laughs> and uh, I went back training one night. And TJ Ryan came through with a ball anyway. Broke through the defence and bang. Now luckily I was after getting one of these boxers guards. The fucking thing was huge. <laughs> and bang, straight into the balls again. Now thank <laughs> thankfully... The guard was rock solid, like, and the ball ended up outside in the 45, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I landed in my ass. <laughs> and, and, and Tom Ryan roars in from the sideline when I stood up. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Grady, are you all right? <laughs> and I goes, hang on a minute, Tom. I goes, one, yeah, you're soft. <laughs> See, if I'm playing word association here, Joe, I hear testicle exploded. The next word is retirement. Like, what the hell keeps you going after that? Oh, Jesus. Look, as, as probably the serious side of it has probably come out on the Laker Gale, and it was only when I did that it actually registered in my mm. head. Mm. I'd lost my nerve at that stage, and I didn't know that. And the one thing I, I suppose my strongest point was I didn't give a shit what was coming at me. I'd face it down. I've more marks in me from saving balls at parts of my body than Dorley. Um, and I think that took that away from me. But I didn't realise it for years after. I think I, I said it that it was one day Paul Flynn came through, ran around, hit the ball. I jumped as I normally would face and hoping to get hit with it. And I land, landed looking at the ball going into the net, which I'd never done. And I kind of knew that time was gone. That's the only regret I have of getting the injury. Mm. Um, that it probably did finish my career quicker than it probably should have. Yeah. Before we let you go, we'll have a chat with you later on. Fiona, he did mention that you were one of very few to go up the steps of the Vogue and a very fond memory of of course. 100%, yeah. yeah. I think um, we were talking about the Hill 16 there, like the day we lost to Galway in 2013. We definitely could have done with Carlin Curry that year. It was yeah. completely over. We were completely overwhelmed. Not we, a clue. <laughs> not a clue what was going to happen. And everyone talks about it like that. Oh, Jesus, you know, you have to lose one to win one. And I like, can promise you that. That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not in your case. Sorry, no. Joe. <laughs> um, I think one of the best things about you as a manager was that you didn't have a clue about Camogie. Because no. you, we got free Hurleys. We got food. <laughs> we had showers. We had dressing rooms. We had... We got new jerseys. I remember the day you asked me to be one day we were doing something in the Gaelic Grounds. You said, Hickey, where's your favourite spot in Limerick? I said, the Icon. There are new sponsors. So <laughs> we got sponsored by Smith that year. Um, do you know, things like that, I suppose, yeah. he, as unprofessional as he is, he brought a, a level of professionalism to Camogie <laughs> 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 that, that, that we hadn't seen before. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. No, it was unreal, and just to get there at that time. And I think, like, we talk about 2014 a lot. In 2017, we won a Munster Championship. You had gone at that stage, we won a Munster Championship, and we beat Cork in a Munster Final. Mm. I think I was getting married about two weeks later, and uh, my mother was pleading me not to play at the match in case I'd knock out a few teeth or something. But, uh, the one you were sent off in, though. Oh, it wasn't. I'd take, a, I'd take a cheeky <laughs> yellow. Was she sent off a, a cheeky yellow. She was sent off in a Munster Final, I'm sure. 
Uh, I'd say we lost that day. No, that was, that was I a draw. Had a that's a draw. Okay, 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 okay. When I left the discipline went to shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, things like that, I don't think we ever would have won that if we hadn't won 2014. You yeah. know, we had that experience. Yeah. So beating Cork in the Munster final was unreal Huge. as well. And, you know, I suppose the girls are still driving it on now at the moment. Yeah. Um, tough times. I suppose a split season, it doesn't help the weaker teams. Um, mm. You know, the stronger teams are getting stronger. I suppose the weaker teams are fighting scene. Jeez, I could have a summer. What, what am I playing for? I could have a summer off yeah. here and I could go back and play with my club, you know, so. They have a chance. They're still oh, quarterfinals. Could be a spot. They banned from the weekend. Yeah, and, and the amount of girls there this year playing with Limerick seniors that have never, haven't worn Limerick jersey, I'd say, uh, you know, very rarely grown up, yeah. like even, you know, there's great, um, I suppose, blood of new players going on at the moment. And I suppose John Lewis has been commended there and Dara O'Grady and Declan Nash come back in and, do you know, it's great. The girls are, if they make that quarterfinal spot now, hopefully they'll yeah. be, they have a long old trip up to Belfast now at the weekend. They're playing in Corrigan Park. So fingers crossed um, they'll get over the line and make the quarterfinal. And it'll be a great achievement because, you know, things aren't always easy. But yeah. Quiva um, yeah. Costello will be on form. Oh my Thank God. God they have her. She was on a reel that day, like in 2014, and she's still driving on. I don't think she's missed the season since. No, Do you know, and yeah. I think that's one of the problems. I think that I suppose the so-called weaker counties have the lack of continuity of players. Like you look at, players and management, you know what I mean? We've, yeah. we've had a lot of managers over the year and a lot of different, I suppose, turnover of players. It's very hard to stay at something when you can't see, I suppose, the, the finish line. You look at the likes of Galway, you look at Sarah Durban playing a fullback under Colin Murray for how many years now? Yeah. The yeah. continuity is huge there. So I suppose we're going to try and get back to those levels and Quiva's leading the way, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. we wish them the very best the weekend against Antrim, of course. Well, thank you so much, Fiona Hickey and Joe Quaid. We will get them back up in just a little bit. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, guys. That is the end of part one of a roadshow here in Dolan's in Limerick. It's all thanks to Guinness Zero Zero, 100% Guinness, 0% alcohol. More social occasions off the GA pitch are yours for the taking.